It used to be that automation was only for technology companies, but that's certainly not the case now. And we see that every day with new apps and systems in helping us become hopefully more productive, more efficient and increase revenues. And when it comes to marketing, marketing automation is now becoming a major factor in small businesses and real estate investors success. My guest this week, Michelle Nedlek has over 20 years experience in helping everybody from solopreneurs to million dollar businesses with their marketing automation. I think you're going to really enjoy the episode and Michelle offers a lot of insights into busting a lot of the myths around marketing automation and whether it's too expensive for even a small business to do. And that's certainly not the case. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are. Because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Michelle, welcome. Thank you for, for coming on the show today. And we're going to be talking all things automation, but particularly marketing automation. I think that's a, it's a hot topic for, for many real estate investors. And I think I find real estate investors and, and related professionals kind of fall into two buckets. Either they're doing nothing with marketing or they're being very inconsistent with it. So, and maybe we can touch on, on kind of both of those areas is, and then maybe I'll take a step back even further. Why is it important or why should anyone think about sending kind of emails to, to them? Because okay. we're all, we're all kind of sitting there with our inboxes, probably full of stuff we don't read or we don't want to read. So why, why do it in the first place? All great questions. So first off, thank you for having me. I appreciate it immensely. We're going to have a ton of fun. And absolutely, there is a ton that people can do in order to create marketing that's more effective and more efficient. And it is very much the norm, especially in kind of the solopreneur-ish businesses, to be in a, in a session of feast and famine. We get a bunch of clients, we service them, and then we have to go out and look for more <laughs> to be able to right. go and feed the fish. And that's why we want to have automated systems in place, I believe, is so that we can start to get con more consistent marketing out there and more consistent income of, of sales. And a lot of people think that just because they have their systems automated, that they're going to get this huge flood of business coming in. And that's not true. And you want to work with somebody that understands your business and, and can kind of decrease the flow or increase the flow as necessary. Because sometimes people have cyclical businesses where, you know, in January to March, they're, they're going boom or bust. And then all of a sudden, you know, summer hits and they slow down. September hits and they're back up again. And other people, it's more consistent. It's every three weeks that they're <laughs> going up and down, up and down. Right. So depending on what your business is, you want to understand kind of what the length of the sales is when you're doing digital marketing, just like it would be if you were going out and meeting people. There is a length between the time that somebody sees your prospecting and when they buy it. 
So the more you can kind of understand what that length is, the more you can dial it down or dial it up and be able to create consistency within your business. Because obviously nobody wants to have a hundred clients come in all at once when you can't fulfill on them because that just gives you bad reputation. So you want to know, you know, is it one a week that you want to have coming in? Is it one a month that you want to have coming in? Nothing wrong with either of those numbers. It's just being able to put the systems in place that allow that to happen consistently so that then your revenue becomes consistent. And then once your revenue is consistent, you can start to put other things in place that you're like, oh, I wish I had a whatever. Well, now you know what your revenue is, your profit margins are, you know how much money is coming in consistently. It makes it easier to be able to grow your business to whatever extent you might want to. Right. And what do you say in these emails? What are the... What do you reckon? Because I, I know <laughs> as soon as I speak to a real estate investor and we talk about potentially putting emails out there, they suddenly their face goes blank and they go, well, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? What? <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily be real estate investor focused, but do you have a mm -hmm. kind of suggestion as to the kind of content that sh people should be including? Well, there, there are different kinds of content out there. So in understanding what kind of things people are looking for, it may be that they're just looking for market updates and and every once in a while they people are you know reading up on what is the industry doing right now you know what are, what are interest rates what are typically square footage is going for how much is renos you know whatever or being able to put somebody in place and for rental like there's a ton of data that people are looking for when they're doing investing and rolling and that might be something that you want to put out there it might not be something you want to put out there it could be just understanding you and your business and why you do what you do. A lot of people think, well, nobody really cares what I do. They just want to know, you know, how do they get something, how <laughs> they get my products or services. And that's not true either. They want to know what makes you different because there's a ton of real estate investors out there. What makes you different? Why would they want to follow you? And that can be a little evasive for some people or they don't understand that line of how much information about me is too much information about me. Now, do we care about your dog or your cat? We probably do, actually. <laughs> we probably don't care about, you know, how often you do your laundry. We don't care about that. So don't share that information with us. You want to kind of keep it specific to you. And then there's your personality and and how that attributes. So maybe you're a foodie and you do like bringing your food to the table and showing people, you know, where you've been, what restaurants are hot in town, all that kind of fun stuff. Absolutely. People are interested in things like that. Maybe you're all work and no play and and that's okay. You, you know, talking to them about how you did, you know, 15 deals last month and worked 180 hours. To some people, that's fascinating, right? And it's it's just being able to understand how much of you do you want to put it out there and and how do you want to keep people intrigued? Because if you're having conversations face-to-face -face with people and that's the kind of thing you're talking about, those are the kind of conversations they want to be able to, quote-unquote, eavesdrop on in your email to keep in touch with you to understand what you're doing in your business and how they can be a part of that. Right. Let's take it a, a real estate investor as an example. I'm just thinking of a particular situation where they're, they've got an investment, they're trying to raise funds mm -hmm. and this can be very cyclical. I mean, it could be, you know, they need to raise half a million for a particular project or whatever it is. And then it, things are going to go quiet for two or three months. What do you suggest they do in that sense from a, a messaging, continual messaging point of view? Absolutely. I would keep people in touch with it because people love to know things like that, right? They love to know what's happening with it. They love to know 
any kind of ins and outs on the developments of it. A lot of people are scared to put out information, especially if it's kind of starting to get to be a rocky deal. They're like, oh, <laughs> hide this. Right. And then sometimes you don't want to hide that. Sometimes you want to go, wow, dude, this is getting rocky. This is kind of crazy. But this is the fun part of doing real estate investing and and help them to understand that just because a deal looks like it's going rocky isn't the end of the world. I mean, seriously, how many deals <laughs> that look like they were rocky at some point mm-hmm. in the deal? It's not that big of a deal when you understand kind of the long term of the play and and the nature of the beast. It really is just the nature of the beast. So being able to involve people in that and making it part of your process of of having fun with it, whatever fun might be for you. <laughs> right. But, and, and I think it speaks a little bit to what you said around putting more of you in there is not necessarily warts and all, but I, I mean you know, being a little bit more authentic and saying, you know what, not every deal happens or not every deal goes smoothly. So that if that person eventually, that lead, that prospect eventually does become a customer or a client, then if something does happen, they go, oh, well, yeah, that happened, you know, to you three months ago. So they're not as surprised by it or something to that effect. Right. It's, it's understanding kind of where your clients are, that there's going to be some people that are completely new to the game. And they have no concept of what to expect. They either think everything always goes wrong or everything always goes right, neither of which are true. So, and then you get kind of your your long-term vets that are just kind of following you to see what you are up to. And when they see how you write about things like that, both ends of the spectrum and everybody in between are getting a really good idea of how you deal with stressors, how you deal with that left hook, how you deal with you know, all of a sudden there's a city permit on a land that wasn't there before. You know, is that really a big deal or is that just a, you know, happenstance? And it probably happens three out of four times. Right. And right. especially if they're new, they're going, oh, my God, really? You just think that was totally left field. <laughs> like, right. yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I may be jumping ahead a little bit, but so how important is segmenting a list, splitting that list out into different categories of of people and how easy is that to do? Great question. I think it's really important and the movement right now is that it is really important. And what I mean by that is that you want people to open up your emails. You want people to be interested in what you're saying. So if you have very different segments of a list, it it is highly encouraged that you figure out how to segregate those lists and have them in, in the proper areas. So, for example, if you happen to do commercial real estate and residential real estate, those are two very different markets, and you probably want them segregated because what interests one audience isn't necessarily interesting to the other, although you can then cross-market and suggest, which then allows you to create a third market, which is those who are interested in both. But giving people the option to be able to say, I'm interested in this, but I'm not interested in that, is hugely important because you don't want them to just make a blanket decision of, I'm not interested in anything you do, unsubscribe, because I didn't happen to be interested in that one email. It's being able to give people the options and the choices. And it's kind of like, you know, when you're reading emails, right? If you've signed up to be a part of something with someone, say it's a lawyer, and you're interested in real estate law. Say for whatever reason, their office happens to have a divorce lawyer too, and you're just not interested in anything about divorce law. You don't want to necessarily unsubscribe from that list. You just want to be able to hone in on the emails that are all about 
real estate investing, which totally makes sense. So giving people that option to be able to do that becomes paramount. And it's pretty simple to do if you have the right systems in place. And you you do underline a point because I know it frustrates me when I get... I'm on somebody's list and they've sent me something. I think, well, I never want to hear about this. So I go to update my preferences and there are no options. The preference is yes or no. Yeah. And I think, well, okay, if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> at least <laughs> Those my Those are reaction, my choices. You, Bye-bye. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was about to say, I don't know if you like me, but my choice is, okay, well, I can, I can find somebody else that will give me that info. So, yeah. so I think you've, you've highlighted a really, really good point. So let's talk about systems. You said about finding the right system. So what are the things that somebody should be looking for in a marketing automation system? Awesome. So one of our criteria is to make sure that your CRM or your client relationship management systems are client concentric, meaning that the client's data is at the hub of activities. Not all systems are like that. Most of them, in fact, have the funnel as being the the spotlight, which can work great, especially if you're in immediacy of selling something. Somebody clicks on an ad, they go to buy the thing. Hey, you like the thing, you want to buy this, upgrade to this other thing. And those are usually in kind of the $100 or less categories of widgets. So it's not really going to pertain to to real estate investing because it's such a long-term sell. Nobody's going to click on something, go, yeah, I absolutely want to take your investing course or, you know, buy that property with you. So in that realm, it's going to be much more relationship oriented and those individuals are going to need to be the centerpiece for your business so that you can then nurture those relationships so that you can ask them questions so that you can get them more involved of whatever's going on in your business. Because obviously they're interested. Now it's just a matter of how do you get them interested enough to either book a call with you or to upload some more information you have. Maybe you have some online course material that you're selling. Awesome it is how do you get them to take that next step up and i i think i think it'd be useful for people to understand the difference between kind of a marketing automation crm system customer relationship management system and just an email marketing system because there's a i i find there's a number of email marketing systems that say they're crms yeah, but I would really question whether that's that's actually the case. So perhaps and, you're, and you're the expert, so you tell me tell me what you see. And technically, your contacts on your phone is your contact relationship management system. Okay, right. So technically, anywhere you store your data is one. However, it's you're you're not able to go into your phone and search who has an anniversary coming up and send them an email, right? Whereas a good CRM, you will be able to do that. So some people will then kind of go up to a Excel spreadsheet. You have all your clients in your Excel spreadsheet. You can search on anniversaries and you put them in date order and you know who's having an anniversary. You can send them a card. That is awesome as well. A true CRM has that functionality plus a whole lot more. So one of the ones, the one that we use is a product called Infusionsoft or now Keep Max Classic. And the reason we use it is because it has the clients as the center hub. It has the capacity to send out emails and not just delayed emails. So something like MailChimp has the ability. You can go put all your clients in there. You can send them an email every four days or whatever you want. And then that's pretty much all you can do. Or you can send out whenever you write it and then you send a mass broadcast. Whereas with a, a real CRM in the sense of a CRM, 
it has the ability to use logic to be able to then um, specialize how you're sending out information. So Infusionsoft is one of the only ones that has a logic-based email campaign. And what that allows you to do is when people click on things, it can take them out of one campaign and put them into another campaign. And that allows for an immense amount of robust activities within your business. So if I click on the button and you say, I only want commercial real estate deals, then boom, I'm only getting emails on that because now I've been tagged with that and and you can set up your system such that they only get systems on this half of the <laughs> campaign board, if you want to put it that way. And it's being able to have those systems in place, kind of thinking about how do I want my ideal client's ideal journey, and then setting up those systems so that no matter who comes into the system, where or when, when they click that, they choose to go down that route and off you go. And so, it, it so just allows a- for a lot more magic. Sorry, this this is almost like they're virtually putting their hands up. They're yep, reading exactly. an email. There's the link. Yep. And it, and it could be something that you didn't think they might be they they were interested in. They click on the link and they virtually put their hand up and end up into that potential sequence. But but you could also program it to keep them in that main list, but also put them into a sub. Correct. Exactly. So correct? say say you have a you're doing a webinar on on whatever you got going on right now. And you're going to promote it to your list. And some people, maybe you're going to have like 15 emails going out promoting just to this one event because you really, really want a lot of people in there. But you're going to put at the bottom of the email, if you're not longer interested in this in this class, just click here and boom, they don't get any of those marketing emails anymore. But they're still in your, your main email list and they're still getting all of their newsletters or whatever products and services they've been, uh, you know, need still to get fulfillment on. They just get themselves out of there. And if somebody registers for the event, they no longer get the promotion emails because you don't want them to get <laughs> bombarded with promotion emails. You want them just to get the confirmation emails and the reminder emails of what's coming up. Now, say you have another kind of special where you want them to bring their spouse. Right? Say it's some decision that you want them to make and you want both parties there. And you have some incentive. It's like, hey, great. Thanks for signing up. You know, if you register your spouse, we have an extra present discount, whatever, click here to register your spouse as well. They register their spouse. Awesome. Now they (laughs) quit getting their harassment emails and they start getting, you know, maybe you have a special um, kind of little Valentine's Day gifts or some kind of stuff to encourage their spouse to show up. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Some added extra thing for those who did manage to get their spouses registered for the event as well. So you can have, you know, an infinite number of emails going out based on these decisions and based on who's doing what. And you, you just identified number two and number three on my list of what really annoys me about <laughs> emails is when, yep. when you keep getting those promo emails and you, you don't want to hear about mm-hmm. it, but you don't want to leave the list. And again, there's, right? no, there's no option. Like how many times? And and sometimes they're they're big events too. And it's not like you don't want yeah. them, right? Like it could be the the Winnipeg Ballet or even the London Ballet. You're like, yeah, I totally want to. I want this information. I want to know what the next one coming up is. But I've already got my ticket. <laughs> you know that I'm that I've got this ticket for this event. I don't need to hear about it coming up 27 times. I just want to hear about the next one after that. After I've attended my event, and it's. It's things like that that you have to wonder why somebody with that much clout and and reputation wouldn't take the time to put the systems in place to 
to segregate their markets. And, right. So if you think about it the same themselves, is somebody really wants your emails. They love getting your emails. They want to be a part of your events that you have. Every time you do a masterclass, they want to be there. They want all the knowledge you have and they want to be a part of it, but they don't want sloppy marketing. <laughs> There's right. a difference. And it's a great description, sloppy marketing. And I'm, I'm going to be a, not devil's advocate. I'm guessing the reason yep. they don't do it is price or cost. I, I really have to question that one. Seriously. <laughs> no, no, do, <dude>, please. Because <laughs> to me, and a lot of people will complain that Infusionsoft's expensive and it starts at 250 a month. And I'm like, dude, that's turning on your lights. Like, do you have utilities that aren't $250 a month? Like, and that may be the price right now. So don't quote me. I don't know when you're listening to this. It could be 10 years from now. But at this time, you know, that's the equivalent of turning on your lights. It's to me, it's not that big of an issue. And I think it depends on somebody having the business wherewithal to, to not just look at, you know, what's my cash flow right now? How much money do I have? Can I pay my bills? It's starting to look at their business as a strategic business plan. And I know I made the exact same mistake myself and, you know, sat at my desk and went, oh my God, this sucks. If I can't figure this out, I'm a really smart person. If I can't figure this out, like I'm just incompetent. And I, and I think that's a dangerous, oh, I know it's a dangerous, dangerous road to go down because business can't be built alone. You need to have somebody else coming in and seeing things from another perspective, giving you ideas from their experiences and what's going on. And being able to help you to create a strategy that you can build out on. And not one that's ridiculous and going, hey, let's 10x your business, but just building out one that makes sense for you that, that you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and you know that you can do the things you've broken down or reverse engineered your business plan such that you know how to do that thing. I know how to send out an email. I know how to make a phone call. I know how to whatever. I don't know how to get 20 clients in a month kind of thing. But reverse engineer it down to, kind of what are the tasks I can do in order to pretty much assure myself that I'm going to get those 20 clients a month if that's my number. And then once you have that strategy in place, then you can start to see it. You can go, okay, if we did a webinar every month and from that webinar, we upsold into this course and this course then upsells into kind of working with us and, and then it works up to us doing the thing for you. Well, now you've got this business plan that People are helping you to fill the seats in, the, in those webinars. People are helping you to you know, fill the funnel so that you're getting the people that you need in order to be able to build the business that you want to in order to have the wherewithal to be able to afford the 250 bucks a month or whatever it is and, and go from there. And how difficult is something like Keep to, to implement? We think it's really easy. I think the problem that most people make is that they, one, try and attack it themselves and they have no <laughs> right to be doing that. Or two, worse, they hire a VA and go, here, go figure it out. And that's cruel and unusual punishment as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it, is, it is a very techie system. It's a very techie system. And it's a very logic-based system. And when you hire techs to take care of it, they love it. They are enamored with it. Went to <laughs> an event one time, mastermind. And we're all afterwards at the bar hanging out. And one of the guys goes, where's your husband? And I go, oh, he's over in the corner with Infusionsoft and a beer. He's happy. Leave him alone. <laughs> that is his happy place. He, he loves that stuff. And it, it's great. And they're like, okay, whatever. But techs love being able to get in there, to be able to kind of figure out the logic behind it. It is their nirvana. And, 
And when you have those people in there that think of it as nirvana and they're helping you build their business, then kind of all you have to do is go, okay, I need, we're doing another webinar next Wednesday. What do you guys need from me? Okay, we've got the promotion email. This is good. We've got that. We've got that. We need to change dates and times. We're good to go. Awesome. And then you just kind of leave it off your plate and you don't have to worry about it. To be able to go in and get names and emails and phone people and doing the things you should be doing, super easy. Just stay out of the logic. Stay out of the logic. And, <laughs> and is that, um, I, I think you kind of underlined that the importance of not just helping you, somebody helping you implement, but also somebody that thinks outside of where you're thinking. Because if I can imagine if you're trying to implement yourself, you're already picking a route and a passage that you think is right, but that may not make any sense whatsoever, but you think that's <laughs> the right one. Right. Exactly. And with our, a lot of our clients, we have project managers that kind of keep an eye on the conversation with the clients. And every once in a while, they come back and say, hey, client wants us to do this. And I'm like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> Jump back <laughs> in the conversation going, that's so interesting. Why do you want to do that? <laughs> it's like, oh, because of this. I'm like, no, no, you don't. Right. Okay, let's back up the bus. What's the result you want to get? Okay, great. This is how we're going to do it. And and a lot of times it's just, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And we we want this end result. And it's like, okay, I see, you know, the path from where I'm at to this end result being ABC. And meanwhile, it's EFJ, LMP. <laughs> There's like 20,000 steps in between there that you don't see. And it's like, okay, well, I don't, really care how I get there. I don't need the 20,000 steps either, but how do I get this with as least amount of work as possible? And if somebody can show me another way to do it, awesome, great. That's what we want to have happen. Right. Is there any time where a business shouldn't automate? Like this? Uh, yeah, when they're, when they're not complex enough. So a lot of times when people are just starting out, say, if, or if they're in coaching or something like that, they really just need, you know, 10 clients at 10 grand a year. And that's it. That is the extent of the complication of their business. That's all they want to do. They want a laptop lifestyle. <laughs> they want to work with a few people. It's that. That does not need automation. That needs, okay. you know, maybe a networking event and, and a, a couple phone. of webinars or something and have done. <laughs> not even, you know, right. phone them up, talk to them, ask them questions, you know, have real relationships with people. You don't even need webinars at that level. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that they need to have kind of something else on the go, or maybe they just don't like having conversations with people. And so they're like, oh, if I could automate it, then I'm going to have to talk to people. Well, you're going to have to talk to people eventually, especially right. if they're your clients. So you really want to kind of back up and look at, you know, what are you really trying to accomplish? And is this the thing that's going to get you there? And really, if all you want to be doing is buying flipping houses, you don't really need to be <laughs> talking to people to be able to do that right so maybe sometimes it's it's going back to your values and and what you bring to the table and reassessing that going am i building my dreams or am i building somebody else's dreams and when you can really hone in on your dreams and what you want to achieve and you're happy with that it makes the biggest difference in the world all the way to the world just sheds off your shoulders and you're like okay this is going to be fun i'm going to love doing this and then go and do that just give yourself permission to do that it doesn't need to be more complicated now, if you're a special kind of crazy like me and you're like, yes, I want 50 employees, <laughs> I want to bless this out. Great. Then it's going to be complicated and you're going to need systems. And you're going to have to hire people and you're going to have to figure out how to, you know, where those expenses go. And you're going to have to bring in other people that have outside opinions so that you can break through all of your previous conceived notions of what's going down and 
And that's just part of the fun part to me. That's right. that's why I want to build that is so that I can have that input, so I can bring those people in, so that we can create something that hasn't been created before. Right. But I mean, this could be a system and an approach for somebody who's still a solo or very, very small business, but they just just happens to be that what they're dealing in. So say it, it, like it's commercial just a little real more estate, complex <laughs> or, or commercial yeah. real estate where they're talking big numbers. If, yeah. You know, they, they get one client a year, but they need 3000 leads to get to that one client. Right. Then well, and then if so you think of, if you think of your CRM as kind of your Rolodex, right? Back in the day when somebody had the Rolodex on their desk, you couldn't be in commercial real estate without having the Rolodex because you right. need to know who's who in the zoo and who's moving where and who's doing what. And a complex CRM allows you to be able to have way more people than just a paper-based system and keeping track of who's doing what where. So you may know that, you know, Tom and Frank have this piece of property and in five years, they're going to be looking at selling because of this, that, and the other thing. So you write all those notes in there and, and you keep your flags on, you know, according to what you want to see changing in the industry. So it could be something like as soon as there's a new election, as soon as there's a new municipal election, check in on them and see whether or not that changed the the zoning for that region awesome so you know new election comes up it pops up and says hey <laughs> contact these guys then it just kind of becomes part of how you operate in your day in order to keep in touch with that robust network of people that you have and not, it's not trying to keep it all up here either. exactly <laughs> right because four years later you're probably not going to remember that little piece of detail and it's like i know there was somebody who wasn't Right. And is there a particular size of database that somebody needs to have to start off with this or? No, not at all. So we've had clients that totally started off at zero. They had no lists, they had no social media, they had nothing, but they knew what they wanted to create and had the vision. And in fact, so her plan was she wanted to do a three-day event in two months and went like, I need somebody to set this up for me. I'm not doing wow. it myself. So we came in, set her all up, got her done. And she had a $40,000 weekend uh, within two months of starting up, which was awesome. And then, you know, is building it out. Now, she does coaching training, but the premise is still there. If you're doing commercial real estate and you're bringing people in, whether it's investors or otherwise, and say you have a day-long event where you bring people in, you show them what opportunities are available and what they may or may not get involved in, right? Planning for that, getting those people registered for the event having all of the tech set up to be able to do that is an arduous amount of work. And you still want to be doing your day-to-day -day routines. You don't want to be completely side, sidebarred and into just doing this event. There's a lot of moving pieces that go along with that. And being able to have a team that takes care of that for you is, in our opinion, paramount. And what else does Keep do as a system? What else is, what else is possible with Keep? Yeah. So the basic functionality, like I said, is the CRM. It has the email campaigns that are logic based. It has affiliate marketing attached to it. It's one of the best in still in the market for that. It was one of the first and is still one of the best because you can go in and you can see who you've sent from your list and who has bought, who's clicked through, who's registered. All of that information is transparent in the back end, which makes it fantastic for partners. It also with a WordPress site, we use Thrive on WordPress sites. We can go in and make any product or page an affiliate 
page. So if somebody clicks on to go and see it, they then get tagged as being part of that, as being referred by you. So it holds on to basically their cookies and says, yeah, I'm with them. And then as soon as they register for something, it's like, hey, Paul sent this referral to you. Awesome. And then there is a sales funnel as well, which is fantastic for being able to set up kind of um, just like in Salesforce or something like that to be able to identify, yes, I've met this person. I've met with this person. I've you know talked to them about this, that, and the other thing. They're interested and you can move them up the, the pipeline in your sales pipeline. Right. And then e-commerce. It also has e-commerce on it. So you can have a product. People can say buy your course or pay to register to attend the course. They can do that all online within the system. So if if somebody was thinking about going down this marketing automation route, what are the first couple of things, first few things that you would suggest they do? Kind of taking well, a step meet back. Meet with and, us. Right. <laughs> okay. We want to be able to meet with them to, to just figure out kind of uh, what are you trying to build with the business? And and if you could kind of wave a magic wand, what would it look like and what would you get? And a lot of time, people think that something way out there, pie in the sky, is it's actually something that we do all the time. I was like, yeah, wait, you can do that? I'm like, yeah, we can do that. This <laughs> is like, right. awesome. Okay, we're on track. And they'll they'll also say things like, well, I was thinking about putting out a course or I was thinking about putting out some membership site. So that, you know, whatever I create in this library, people can just pay monthly and, and have access to it. Can we do that? Absolutely you can. And Infusionsoft will take care of that monthly billing cycle. And you don't have to, which is awesome and fantastic. Right there, the amount of time people waste on calling up people to get them to pay their membership dues or get the credit card numbers and things like that, uh, the system pays for itself on that one. So that tracks everything. So if somebody doesn't pay you'll get a flag and you could even take them out of the membership program if need be, if they don't. Exactly. Get. So if it's a video program thing, they need a, an LMS or a learning management system software. We usually use Memberium to connect to it, but then that whole system then takes care of, yep, who's paid, who hasn't, who's part of the billing cycle, who's not. It takes care of all of that for you, which is right. delightful. Wow. Okay. A um, couple of questions I like to ask guests yeah. on the show. Who is a favorite personal brand, individual, and, and why? Oh, good question. Who's one of my favorite personal brands? I think, oddly enough, it's JVology. And I don't know if you know them or not, but they are. So JVology stands for joint, the study of joint ventures, okay. right? like ology, biology, JVology. Yeah. And it is the perfect mix of people, fun, and profit. So their logo is the JV. JVology written out and then they've got kind of a little rainbow that looks like a smile between the O's and some of their videos the the O winks and it's just super cute branding <laughs> marketing mm. and you get it's just a feel good you know that you want to be in part of this community and it feels like a community messaging system what what are the three words you use to describe them the, the perfect the mix of people fun and profits and I can hear that so the fun with the little rainbow and the winky face okay yeah, so they're living up to their brand. Favorite business book or podcast? Ooh, can I say my own? <laughs> Absolutely, of course. <laughs> well, it would have to be the Business Ownership Podcast. And now having said that, I think really my, my favorite all-time business book was Think and Grow Rich. And I, and I think because it's so magnanimous of understanding that you can blame the markets, you can blame the government, you can blame politics, you can blame whatever you want to. 
or you can start to focus inwards on your wherewithal, your motivations, your driving forces, and what do you want to have happen? And I think right now is the perfect time for people to kind of go back to that book and read it all over again with brand new eyes and go, I get it. The world is doing really weird things right now and mm -hmm. it's irrelevant. We can, we are, I believe at the precipice of the more people that become entrepreneurs and focus inward on what their inner strength is, what their inner values are, what they bring to the world, how they're going to communicate that, how they're going to share it, how they're going to strengthen the people around them, that we're going to create a mass movement again of, uh, of individuals who bring the power internal and focus on how they want to create the world around them. Hmm. It's interesting. I, was, I had the good fortune to be emceeing a conference earlier this week for the CPA, the Professional Accountants of Ontario. And um, somebody was presenting on tax, which not exciting, an exciting topic. But the majority of the audience were CPAs who look after small businesses. And as somebody asked the question or it ended up in the discussion was that, well, you know, is the CRA going to really listen to us because we're just kind of practitioners for small businesses. And this presenter pulled up a slide to show how much tax is collected by CPAs on behalf of small businesses or, you know, and paid through to the CRA. And it right. was a phenomenal amount of money, way bigger than you think would even dream is, is actually happening. And how really how how important small business is, and not just in Canada, obviously, but elsewhere yeah. as well. Well, and people don't take into account that the masses are the power. <laughs> like the whole reason for politics was to kind of keep things in check because the people are so powerful. It's not to take over. It's not to rule. It's not to any of those things. It's just to keep things in check because people are powerful. And unfortunately. As a mass, we forget that every once in a while. And I think by becoming entrepreneurs, we hone in on that and go, yes, one person can make a difference. I'm going to make a difference. And this is how this is going down. Right. Cool. Do you have a new tool or resource that you're enjoying using at the moment? A new tool or resource that I am enjoying using? Um, that is a great question. I actually finally <laughs> got, a, got a, a notebook a digital notebook, and I'm having a blast with it. Now, it may be a little politically incorrect because I think I got one of the last books out of Russia before they nice. shut down. <laughs> I didn't know it was Russian when I ordered it. I just went, hey, this is really cool, and I want it. But it's been fantastic. So, And I'm not saying that you have to buy the Russian one, but um, the whole idea of being able to keep my notes and then digitally store them into the files right away has been fantastic because I was very much a pen and paper kind of gal. Mm. You and me. Both. It's definitely pen and paper. Maybe I should look at one of those. Wait until the, wait until the sanctions stop, maybe. There are American ones. It's all good. Okay. That's it. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. And do you have a favorite quote? Oh, that is a great question, too. My favorite quote is, take every day as though it's an adventure. And, and I think it's important to just keep reminding ourselves that our adventure on the little blue planet there is no right or wrong that we can do. Think of it as going to the amusement park. Everything here is for your enjoyment and for your exploration and your uh, ability to be able to go in and, and check it out, whatever it is. So if you like the rivers, check out the rivers. If you like the rides, go in the rides. If you like the restaurants, go to the restaurant. It's all good. And just enjoy your adventure on the little blue planet because 
it's short-lived and it's here for you. That's very mindful of very mindful reflection. I love that. Excellent. Okay. How can people find out more about you, Michelle, and, and the services and company that you have? We would love to have you come visit awarenessstrategies.com. We have a ton of assessments and surveys and quizzes and fun stuff for you, depending on what you're looking at. If you're looking for your tax, tech stacks or your business essentials, being able to understand what you've got going on and what's working for you, we'd love to be able to help you out in any of those realms. And at the end, if you're still interested, you can book a time with me and I'd love to meet with you. We can strategize. Wonderful. We'll make sure that's all in the show notes. And thank you, Michelle. And have yourself a brandtastic day. Awesome. You too. Thanks for having me. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day. And and and